Welcome back to Considerations from the Capitol from the Deeper Dive Podcast. My name is Bill Winnell, as always, joined by Father Larry Swink. Good morning, Father. Hey, good morning, Tom. Today is Sunday of the fourth week in Ordinary Time, and also traditionally the Solemnity of St. Joseph, which gets booted till tomorrow. Uh, today, Father's going to reflect on the Gospel from St. John, and we'll, for brevity purposes, we're going to just read the first three lines. As he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Father. Okay. I mean, a long gospel today, but I, you know, I want to kind of talk about, you know, this blind man that goes through this gradual healing with Jesus Christ. Like he, you know, our Lord tells him to, you know, the remedy that our Lord uses later on in this gospel is he spits on the on the and makes mud with his saliva and rubs it on the guy's eyes and says wash in the pool of Siloam. And uh I want to I want to speak about these last line where the question is answered why did he why was he born blind and why why did was he given this physical evil and um the uh, Pharisees I'm sorry the uh, apostles asked Jesus this and Jesus responds he says he was born blind so that the works of God might be revealed in him. And so we see here the reason for his uh, suffering, uh, that the works of God may be revealed to him. Now, in there are two types of suffering, basically. One is moral suffering, which is uh, suffering uh, that comes, you know, when we, you know, when someone does something evil. So, when someone beats up a person out of anger, that's a physical, that's a, that's a moral evil. When someone steals, that's a moral evil. When someone uh, commits a sexual sin, that's a moral evil. These are just things that are done that create sort of uh, a moral equal, uh, chaos and, and hurt someone or oneself in some way. And they, and then the other type of evil is like physical evil and physical evil is like physical death and uh, suffering and pain and, um, you know, I mean, just, uh, blindness, uh, all these types of things, uh, namely, and also death, death is a physical evil. And so they asked him, well, why does he have this blindness? Because the Jewish people understood that if you had a physical problem, you're being punished for your sins. That was sort of a, the way of thinking that God was, uh, chastising you for something you did that was wrong. Um, and we see this in the book of Job, but also Job kind of uh, does away with this thinking in some ways. But but nonetheless, when they when they come to his friends come, they say, "Well, why are you like this? What did you do wrong? Why? How did you offend God?" But our Lord says, "No, this is not because of his sin or his parents' sin. It's because I am going to show my power through this physical suffering." Um, now, truth be told, I mean some some physical. Uh, some uh, physical uh, sicknesses do indeed come from uh, moral, you know, from a moral decision, you know, i.e., you know, so, you know, people that overdose and drugs die, you know, uh, a person that, you know, someone who fools around sexually sometimes could, you know, contract a sexual disease that's deadly, you know, um, you know, people that, you know, for many, many years get drunk, they, they can ruin their, their liver. And, and so one leads to the other. But in this particular gospel, that's not the case. It's the, that God could uh, work his glory through him. And I think, too, sometimes uh, people can struggle with the idea 
is if I'm going through a physical illness or something that's severe, um, am I being punished? And the answer is not necessarily. That God wants to do something powerful through that physical illness. And I think too, if any of you are listening today that are struggling with chronic pain, um, ask yourself, you know, ex- you know, this particular question, what's the glory that God's going to work through your physical pain? Like, what is the power that comes through that? What, what, what's the goodness? What's the resurrection? What's the, the miracle that he can work through this particular, you know, uh, pain. Uh, now, <clears throat> uh, so the guy's healed and what's the glory is that if you go later down the story, like he he runs around and everyone, the Pharisees, well, his parents, you know, they they find out that he's healed. The Pharisees go to his parents and say, "Hey, what happened to your son? He was blind and now he sees." And and but they're afraid of being persecuted, so they kind of diss their own son and they kind of say, "Well, you ask him." And they just sort of treat their son as if they don't even know him anymore. And you can imagine, sort of the you know, the kid, the kid's reaction and this man's reaction, mom, dad, I was healed. I mean, like this has been our whole life. I mean, look at me. And they just kind of sort of set him aside. So he goes through this like emotional pain of being, you know, dissed by his own parents. And then the religious leaders that, you know, probably he had known his whole life. He went, you know, you know, to a rabbinical school for scripture and all this. And these rabbis are, what, what happened to you? And then he says, well, look, I, I was blind my whole life. And now I see, well, how did Jesus do this? How did this man do this? He's a sinner. And he goes, a sinner or, or, or not, he healed me. And how can, a, how can someone who, who is, you know, a sinner heal people, you know? And so he defends Jesus. Uh, and, and through the persecution, what happens is rather than sort of just like, oh gosh, well, I don't, wanna, I'm just going to give up. He just, his faith increases and he stands up for Jesus and his belief in Jesus becomes stronger and stronger. So he not only had this physical pain, but now that he's healed, now he's going through emotional pain and like um, relational pain because now he's trying to like, you know, uh, talk about Jesus and everyone's like, doesn't want to hear about it. And, you know, some of us have experienced that too in our lives that, you know, we're trying to talk about how good God is and people just don't want to hear it and you just feel like alone in this, this sort of evangelical moment. So, but what happens at the end is that, he goes from this sort of pseudo belief in Christ to believing that Jesus is his Lord and Savior, and it's an amazing, you know, transformation in the guy's life. And uh, we too can experience this. Uh, you know, a story that kind of wraps this up that I I always think is really good, uh, where it talks about you know physical, um, you know, physical pain and emotional pain and being rejected and how it, it ultimately leads to glory. Uh, it's just a, a story. You've probably heard this before. Maybe you've heard this woman who's up for sainthood, Elizabeth Lasser. And um, it's just a great story about a woman who went through significant physical pain, like significant, um, and really went through significant relational pain with her husband and her non-Catholic friends. And the story goes like this. Around the turn of the, of the 20th century, there was um, a woman married in Paris to... And a uh, doctor, Dr. Felix Lasser, uh, and uh, he was, I guess, at the time of the marriage was was Catholic. But then soon after his marriage, he uh, became uh, an atheist, but not just an atheist. I would say a militant atheist who would write against the Catholic Church on, you know, in articles and you know uh, op eds, you know, and, and so forth. And uh, he this this doctor, you know, really attempted to break down the faith of his wife and. Uh, 
at first he was somewhat successful. I mean, he would just rip on her and her faith and like, you know, and her friends would kind of laugh at her, you know, at parties and, you know, whatever. And he, I mean, I don't know if he was, I, you know, was it, was it like just, I don't know, he wasn't yelling at her things like this, but just like making comments and just make it very difficult and mocking her when she would go to mass. And at first she left her, she left her faith for a little bit, but then she just kind of had this, you know, interior movement that you know i can't leave the faith because of this i gotta double down if i really want to get to heaven and and also my husband who's you know really not on his way to heaven either by you know not just rejecting jesus rejecting his faith as a former catholic and so she began studying her faith and in 1905 she was taken ill and tossed on a bed of constant pain until 1914 with a really awful form of cancer so for nine years she was just in just awful, awful pain. In 1914, she was dying. And she said to her husband while he was holding her, he says, Felix, when I am dead, you will become a Catholic and a Dominican priest. And he said back to her, um, Elizabeth, you know my sentiments. I have sworn hatred to God and I shall live in my hatred and I shall die in it. She repeated her words and passed away soon thereafter. And she died in her husband's arms at the early age of 47. Uh, soon after his, the, the funeral, rummaging through her papers, Felix found her will and, and, uh, but her diary, I'm sorry. And he opened the diary and to this particular passage. And she wrote in 1905, I asked almighty God to send me sufficient sufferings to purchase her soul. On the day that I die, the price will have been paid greater love than this. No woman has then let she laid down her life for her husband. Now, you would, so you would, you know, probably think, well, gosh, I mean, he probably ran off to the church to go to confession and tears, you know, and my gosh, I mean, my wife did this and asked for this for me. And like, this is not a coincidence, but no, uh, he dismissed her, her statement as the fancies of a pious woman and went to Lords to write a book against it. And so he went to Lords, uh, to write against our lady in this sort of these, these, uh, these strange visions that were happening that were, you know, whatever, uh, that were fake. And, uh, when he looked, but when he got Lords and he looked up at the face of the statue of Mary in the grotto, he received the great, it says the great gift of faith. So total, so complete was it. He never had to go through the process and say, how will I answer this or that difficulty? He saw it all at once. Uh, so he went to confession in that day, years later, Fulton Sheen was on a retreat uh, in Belgium and Louvain. Four times a day and 45 minutes and left, he made a retreat under the spiritual guidance of a priest named Father Felix Lasser. The Order of Preachers, a Dominican, uh, who told this story. So we see here how, you know, God can work, you know, through pain to bring his glory. And uh, not all pain is a, is, a, is a punishment for sin. It is a gift from God to bring souls to conversion, right? And God's power can work through it. So um, today, think about that, you know, uh, you know, bring your pain and your suffering to the altar, united to Christ and realize that in many ways that it's not always and many, many times I'd say very infrequently a punishment for sin. Um, pain stinks, but life doesn't need to. Peace.